Hello, I'm Thomas Carruthers. I'm Will Legator. And today we're talking about one of my top 10 favourite films of all time. It is currently ranked at number 10, uh, just on the cusp of the 10, but uh, there is no doubt in my mind that it will ever leave the... Uh, we talked about this before, I, you know, you're a bit more loosey-goosey, but I sort of am pretty firm with... I, you've those. just seen more films. Yeah, that's true, that's I probably. guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I completely adore this film. Um, I should say what it is as well, shouldn't I? I mean, yeah. they know what it is. They've read the title or whatever. Um, but uh, it is 1960s The Apartment. Picture winner, uh, Billy Wilder, written, directed, um, produced, uh, along with his writing partner I A L Diamond, uh, who worked with him on many films uh, near the not tail end. It went for another two decades, but near the um, let's call it the second half of the peak, uh, and, and it was a very long peak. We can't deny uh, Billy Wilder's just un godly talent. Mm. Ingredient number three, Billy Wilder. There's nothing quite like that Billy Wilder, some like it hot kind of laughter. Are we dressing for dinner? You know, just come as you are. Hey, you're pretty good with that racket. You should see my back end. Where'd you see me serve the meatballs? <laughs> Mildred, he's at it again. of writing and directing across multiple genres. I mean, the, you know, the argument for Kubrick has always been for me that he made masterpieces in every genre. And um, not every genre for Wilder, but Double Indemnity, a masterpiece in the noir genre. Lost Weekend, an alcoholic 
um, obsession movie, which is just exceptional. Sunset Boulevard, uh, one of the greatest films ever made. Ace in the Hole. And a great um, musical. And a great, great musical. Uh, Ace in the Hole, one of the most underrated films of all time in my mind, really. I, I just don't. And when Kurt Douglas unfortunately passed, I thought that it was going to get a bit of a second life, but it didn't really. It just sort of, a few people said, yeah, go watch um, Ace in the Hole, but uh, Ace in the Hole's excellent. Uh, Stalag 17, another William Holden, great wartime comedy. Um, Sabrina, I think, has its moments where it falls off the ladder a bit, and I don't think it completely justifies its length, but beautiful Audrey Hepburn, great Humphrey Bogart, great William Holden, wonderful film. Seven Year Itch, bad, actively, actively a bad film. You, um, you, you failed to mention my favourite. I'm getting to it. Right. We're going chronologically well. Uh, Love in the Afternoon, Marvellous, Witness for the Prosecution, and I presume your favourite was in 1959, and it was? Some Like It Hot. Some Like It Hot. Just an absolute, one of the most perfect comedies of yeah. all time. And this is Whenever where... Whenever it's on, I'm... Oh. Sucked in. And this is where the Jack Lemon billy Wilder collaboration starts, which continues for Some Like It Hot, The Apartment, Irma LaDuce, uh, Fortune Cookie, Avanti, um, and Buddy Buddy, which is unfortunately Wilder's last film, and it's not great, um, but there is, even in the worst uh, Billy Wilder movies, there is glimpses of genius, as you are bound to get when you are dealing with a genius. Well, this was your first time with The Apartment. Yes. Is it, such a, is it as such a glowing review as mine? Uh, I thought it was excellent. Tom. Oh, wonderful! Um, I I was very very sceptical coming up to it. Um, Why? I'm not sure. I it's because I suppose the apartment doesn't really give anything away, and I'd never really looked into it, and I'd only really seen uh, pictures or, or read your article about. It. So I'd, I'd not really any knowledge of going into it, but no, I I thought it was excellent. Um, and it, it made me forget how much I, I like the black and white films. Nice. They're good. Yes, you, you, sort of, you had the exact same experience as I did uh, when I first watched The Apartment. I watched The Apartment um, over two days on a trip down to Alton Towers when I was very young. And I had my portable DVD player. And I had, you know, you know films that kids love to watch. The Apartment, Midnight Cowboy. And... Um, <laughs> And I did know nothing about the apartment. All I knew was that my granddad loved it and that that love passed on to my mother and my grandma too. And she just said, yeah, buy it, it's great. So I bought it and it came and I put it in my portable DVD player and I knew not a single thing. And now sex wise and uh, morality wise, a lot of it went over my head and a lot of the darker elements um, also went over my head. I mean, I understood, I understood the concept of killing yourself. Um, yeah. And so I, I understood the weight of the second half of the film. But um, I just, uh, yeah, no, obviously the, pro like we're going to talk about the, the prostitution elements in the, mm. it, with just the hard and cold rebuttal of, um, I mean, Sheldrake with his $100 in, bill. In, in essence, Jack Lemon is playing a pimp. Yes, indeed. So for those of you who don't know, uh, so let's talk about the genesis. So the genesis yeah. of the film, three people 
there are three stories. Let's talk about the first one, which is majorly uncredited. So in Tony Curtis's biography, he talks about how some, on the set of Some Like It Hot, he, start, he told Wilder the story of a guy he used to know who rented out his apartment uh, to get higher up the ladder. That's sort of become a bit apocryphal and not many people they think that Curtis had a bit of a lapse in memory. Um, mm. But anyway, um, not to rebut the uh, legacy of the wonderful Tony Curtis. The other two influencers, um, Walter Wagner, who was a big Hollywood producer, and he got caught in a bit of a scandal because he um, was using an underling's apartment for an affair with a, um, um, a wannabe actress who he told he was going to, you know, be the next Monroe, and obviously he just wanted to get his rocks off. But the main influence is the David Lean, Noel Coward movie, Brief Encounter. Have you seen Brief Encounter, Will? I haven't. It's wonderful, and it's beautiful, um, and it's the story of uh, Trevor Howard, and, um, oh, Lordy, I'm forgetting her name. Um, but they're having an affair, and it's a very uptight British uh, wartime movie, and... The whole point of the movie is that they don't... Celia Johnson, that's it, and Trevor Howard. Um, but the conceit is that they're having an affair and they use Trevor Howard's friend's apartment. Now, the whole point of the film is that they don't have sex, is that it's, it's love that they're after, not sex. That's what they come to find. But um, Billy Wilder started thinking, what about the guy who's got to come home in the early hours of the morning, and sleep in that warm bed. Now, obviously, in Brief Encounter, the bed isn't warm, but mm. he's got a point. What an idea for a film. And that mm. film is The Apartment, where we have Jack Lemmon as CC Buddy Baxter, Clifford, Clifford Calvin, uh, but people call me Buddy, um, who is, we enter the film, slam bang in the middle of his predicament. He is renting out his apartment, um, not for money, for favours in the business world, climbing up the ladder yeah. to Mr. Dobich and Mr. Kirkaby and um, all of the manner of high-ranking associates um, so that they can have their little jolly affairs. Because, Will, did you know that it, in this time, um, you couldn't go to a hotel? Uh, because not only, you know, public discrimination and all that, um, mm. but you, there were hotel detectives who would knock what? and yeah, hotel detectives find like who would knock if there was any suspicion going on and they would say, is that your wife? And oh, no. uh, they would, they would break it up. Um, oh. So there you go. <laughs> uh, which yeah. leads us obviously to the plot of the apartment. Now, um, so we've got, we talked about the brilliance of Billy Wilder in this. We talked about the, the, the greatness of the collaboration with his script with IAL Diamond. Uh, we touched on the wonderful Jack Lemon, who is just a sensation in this film. Wilder's comment was that he thought it was the most consummate actor since Charlie Chaplin. And I definitely, when Chaplin sort of gets redundant, um, sorry, made redundant and sort of uh, just looked purely as a comedian, uh, but he was also mm. a great uh, dramatic actor, so great yeah. dictator, spotlight. Look at these movies. Not, not um, the... <laughs> not, not, not Michael the, Keaton. Not the Boston paper. But, <laughs> uh, although a spotlight is excellent. Um, but the old adage is, and we've, we've you know, 
done a bit of comedy, we've done a bit of drama acting, and I think it's undeniably true, comedy's harder. Oh, comedy is the hardest. I mean, yeah, acting, but I mean, if we're going to go across the whole sort of genre aspect, stand-up, mm. that's, that's incredibly hard. But no, um, Filming. comedy acting, is, is, it's what I used to say that I was best at, like growing up doing a lot of panto, sort of making people laugh. Um, and now I've, I've found serious acting. I've kind of forgotten how to do comedy. Because it's uh, whereas fingers, I always keep fingers in everything. (laughs) But um, yeah, no, I mean it it just comes down to one simple thing, especially not not on film, but on stage. If you're doing a drama and you can't hear anything, that's fine. You can just continue with your job. If you're doing a comedy and nobody's laughing, it's torturous. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and Jack Lemon does both in this film wonderfully. But the trifecta is, of course, the incomparable, the beautiful, the wonderful, the so funny, so delightful, so heartbreaking, Shirley MacLaine as Frank Kublik in this film. Now, we you have had your ups and downs with Shirley MacLaine on this podcast before, Will. In terms of yeah. endearment, you famously called her an overactor. Uh, postcards from the edge you stuck with the overacting but you said that that yeah. worked better for the for this film for the character yeah what did you think of 1960 Shirley MacLaine this what is did you my think favourite Shirley MacLaine this is I think I knew it would be this, <laughs> this is the best Shirley MacLaine I've ever seen mm-hmm. I mean it's the third Shirley MacLaine I've ever seen yes um, you've got Bernie and Sweet Charity to come yeah. I think she's uh is excellent. Um, the, they were the, clearly the strongest actor in the film. Um, yeah. It's sort of it's an it's an effortless Shirley, which mm. I prefer. It's almost it's it's natural, but there's also something else there. Um, whereas obviously in the later stuff, I feel oh okay, okay Shirley. I know. Yes, you do feel that way. I think in both roles, I think Aurora. Greenway in terms of endearment also lends to the overacting nature. I think that's part of the that, 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 that that's part of it. Uh, but all the same, I uh, yes, I think um, I don't know. I think in terms of endearment's her best performance. I have to say, I think in terms of endearment, she balances. I think you know, she doesn't like the scene where she comes back to the pool and Jack's there. There's no overacting there. It's just pure. Oh, I'm getting upset now. <laughs> it's it's one of the most beautiful, touching... We talked about Tozu Demon. Go listen to our Tozu Demon pod and listen to the different points I cry <laughs> at. Um, that's one of them. And it's the wonderfulness of Shield. But yeah, no, this is the ingenue. You know, they needed... You know, let's touch on casting. So, Monroe... There was no way Wilder was putting Monroe in the role of Frank Kublik. He'd had such a terrible time on Some Like It Hot... She, you know, she's wonderful in the film, but she was terrible on set. She had Arthur Miller, great writer, incredible, <laughs> but he, she had Arthur Miller rewriting scenes and, um, you know, the conversation of who's a better writer, Billy Wilder or Arthur Miller, I don't know. I think Billy Wilder's certainly better at writing a slapstick, fast comedy than Arthur Miller ever did. You know, nobody's saying that the Crucibles laugh a minute. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> Yes, just a minute. Yeah, um, continuing our discussion here about actors, I'm curious, 
you've done a number of films with uh, Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. And, and what I'm curious about is there's something in those two actors in particular, aside from the fact that they're both very fine actors, that, that draws you to them time and time again. No, I only made, I only made two pictures with, with, uh, uh, with Shirley. And uh, Jack, uh, Three? no, about four or five. But Jack, uh, Jack, who I'm, I'm, I'm terribly fond of him, and we understand each other very well. He's my neighbor, and we discuss things. And I always look forward to, uh, to, to working with him. And he is a, a thinking actor, but not an argumentative one. By that I mean, he would come in the morning, like we start shooting at nine. He would be there quarter past eight, and he would come to my, uh, to my office, and he would say, hey. Hey, I've got a great idea. Look, why don't we do this? Ba 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 ba. And I look at him, and he says, "I don't like it either." And he walks out, and he just goes out. You know, I don't have to spend, you know, you know, up until 11:30 in the morning. We haven't got a shot in the can. Uh, although there are touches of comedy in all this, anyway. Um, but yeah, and she was doing so many takes. She couldn't get the lines. It was a complete shambles and uh, very similar on um less troublesome on seven year itch but um the comedy was so precise on uh, some like it hot she uh, yeah she wasn't uh, <laughs> pulling her weight let's let let's say that famously maybe came to a punch up there is the apocryphal tale that we'll talk about on the some like it hot pod uh, but there is the apocryphal tale that it did come to a punch up at uh, one point I say, well, it kind of makes sense because it, it, she was famously an incredibly messy, lazy person, wasn't she? Mm. Like, um, there's stories of her housemates saying it's a, the, the biggest chore in the world to clean her house because everything is all over the floor, half-eaten stuff everywhere. She was just a slob. Uh, and people, yeah. so many people complain about her. Mm. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> rough, rough stuff for... Uh... Rough stuff for Marilyn. Um, yeah. However, I can't imagine anybody other than Shirley in this role. Wilder commented that he needed, when they were looking for casting, they needed somebody who could be sexy, funny, and sweet. <clears throat> and, well, Shirley can do all three, and she does all three in this film. She's very sexy, she's very sweet, and she's very funny. Mm. And, uh, sorry, and she can break your heart, which is obviously the most important. Yeah, she, she sort of, like, sort of steals every scene she's in. Like I look at my notes and a lot of my favorite bits are when Shirley's on. Like she, those she early really... scenes in the elevator and those back and forth. If I'm gonna break it. Yeah, do it, do it. Two of my favorite minutes are the two first elevator scenes. Mm, yeah. They're great. And also just that lovely little, when they're talking about when they're planning the music mandate and this, the, yeah. you, you, you're spot on with Effortless. When she throws away, um, Oh, the appendix line. You know, a bit. You yeah. know, it starts. It starts off a bit creepy. You know, I know your address yeah. and all that. <laughs> I know um, where you live. I know where you live. I can find you. Uh, but I think it gets funnier and sweeter as he starts talking about. It. I know your height. I know your weight. And, mm. and it's very jovial. And he's not a star. Yeah, we know this. But uh, when when he goes, I know you had your appendix out. And she goes, Well, I wouldn't want the fellas knowing how. And she just throws it away. And. Um, Yes, I, I agree with you that it's her most effortless uh, mm. performance. Whereas, obviously, in Sweet Charity, she's got to be. Um, oh, right. it's, a, it's a movie. Going for that. Yeah, got she's to, got to be going for the houses. That's the one exception I will give overacting uh, the, the green flag. It's in musicals because that's the nature okay. of music. Mm. 
However, we've seen so many movie musicals where that is such a hindrance because a movie musical, (laughs) suddenly I've got a girl (laughs) on my lap. Um, Sure, that was the lyric. And, um, but movie musicals, your camera's right there. And if you're acting for the, for the sky, for the back row, uh, it could be rather disastrous. <laughs> uh, or Lucille Ball in Maine, where she didn't act at all. <laughs> it should have been Angela Lansbury. Um, <laughs> I'm bringing back opening line Hall of Fame, Will. And it's been so long. Because I have the script right here. Of course you do. Naturally. Um, and also I'd highly recommend the Arrow video, Arrow Academy release of the apartment. I don't know if you can get this limited edition. It was limited edition, so. Um, <laughs> but um, the beautiful hardback case of it and all oh, the special features and marvellous. Uh, on November 1st, 1959, the population of New York City was 8 million uh, 42,783. If you laid all these people end to end, figure an average height of five feet six and a half, six, uh, Jesus Christ, five feet six and a half inches, they would reach from Times Square to the outskirts of Karachi, Pakistan. I know facts like this because I work for an insurance company. Ding, 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 ding. It's got that wonderful sort of montage of all the workers. It does. The, the clock. I like it. It's good. It uh, perfectly puts us into the world that we're going to be in. Mm. YouTube comments. Not many this week. You get that with the older films. Not many people are really commenting on them. A great movie. Too bad mostly shit comes out in Hollywood these days. Oh, okay. Uh, it is a throwback to a, to a different time, it has to be said. Uh, biggest disappointment of all time. Wilder, McMurray, Lemon, McLean, and it bored the shit out of me. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Couldn't agree less, but <laughs> so, you know, I guess everybody has their opinions. Uh, best ten minute stretch. Will one Do you want to take? Yes. Do you want to take ten minutes, or do you want to take single minute? I'll do. I'll do ten minutes because I've got okay. less of them. I've well, I've got two. Um, <laughs> I've got the key proposition, the whole, uh, that initial, um, when we first meet Fred. Um, oh, yes, yes. And he brings saying, him to his office, yeah. I will, I will buy you a ticket to go to see The Music Man. Like, oh, I'd be like, yes, please. Yes, I the love music. the musicals. <laughs> um, I've got that. Uh, and then I've also got Christmas dinner. Yeah. That sort of when she wakes up and she's sort of, they, they really start to get talking and that, there's that wonderful chemistry and that, that sort of 10 minutes onwards from there. And the taxi driver, the taxi driver brother-in-law coming in, ruining mm. it all, really punching Jack McLean accidentally. That's, that's, uh, that's a real punch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they messed up the choreography and uh, yeah, now they genuinely punched uh, Jack McLean. Um, yeah, I've got um, Kublik slash cold. So I've put the the uh, first elevator scene. Uh, you know, you should have yeah. stayed in bed last night. Uh, no, sorry, uh, you should have stayed in bed last night. So I should have stayed in bed last. Wait, no, oh god, what's the line? You should have stayed in bed last night. Oh, no. I should have. I should have stayed in my bed last night. Oh god. Yeah. Um, Fran and Bud, here we are. 
what did you do to your hair? It was making me nervous, so I chopped it off. Big mistake, huh? Do we, um, we've never really seen Sheldon McClone with long hair. No. I was trying to think. Yeah, no, we haven't. Sweet Charity, I guess, it's, it looks longer, but it's up. Mm. Is it not a wig in Sweet Charity? I don't know. Probably. Um, you should have stayed in bed this morning. I should have stayed in bed last night. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Um, the, yes, just the incomparable introduction to Kubelik and the whole cold business of the... <laughs> Just some wonderful cold acting uh, from uh, Jack Lemon uh, into, yes, as you say, the uh, proposition. I'll also put in there the rescheduling, the back mm -hmm. and forth, the uh, just. There are moments where I think, is that scene too long? But then I go, no, it's the perfect length because we are perfectly being shown the drudgery of uh, Buddy, Buddy Baxter's life uh, and his situation. Then I have uh, the music man. So I have offering the date to the music man. Yeah. The reveal. Uh, that I mean, let's talk about that Sheldrake. reveal. Um, she walks in. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't know. Is, is this her date? Is this the lobby of the... I thought it was the lobby of the theatre on her way to see, see Buddy. Very orientally um, yeah. designed <laughs> theatre to the majestic... Uh, <laughs> But um, and then that she sits down and you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be a very interesting film. That looks That's like a Fred great... McMurray. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like the back of Fred. Looks like Walter Neff from Dublin Damnity. Um, I mean, you got the the lovely little click straight away with the pianist of the classic, you know, as time goes by, let's call it Casablanca moment of our song and. You know, she's clearly been brought here so many times, and uh, he stops straight away and. Dun, 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 which is a piece of music called Jealous Lover. Well, it's, it was originally called Jealous Lover, it was reorchestrated to become the theme to the apartment, uh, but the original melody is, is called Jealous Lover. And I'm going to say this now. <sighs> No, I won't say it because I'll probably be wrong. I think, that, but this is certainly one of my favourite pieces of movie music of all time. Oh, very nice. I think it's, it's obviously certainly imbued with the film. However, I'm not going to make apologies for that. Any, that's the reason that those movie musics uh, work so well. Um, obviously, they should stand alone as their own beautiful piece of score. But any good soundtrack, you know... Um, you say the song, you can see the scene. Play any song on the Boogie Nights soundtrack, I yeah. can tell you exactly the scene. Play any song in any Tarant any Tarantino, and uh, I'll I'll tell yeah. you I'll tell you the scene because the, I, because they're well -trained. I think I'd have to if we're going to talk about pieces of music, I, mm. I'd probably throw in the Ice Dance. Is it from uh, Edward Scissorhands? Oh, that is good. Oh, and she's dancing in the snow. <laughs> I um, drunkenly, uh, it, it was it was a sort of pre pre drinks. That's I was trying to uh, pre drinks and <laughs> <laughs> stuff it, and it sort of became the actual party eventually. Um, and we were like, they were all having a they were all having a uh, let's call it some recreational cigarettes. Um, 
they're all having a recreational cigarette in the conservatory. Mm. And um, I didn't want to smell out my suit, naturally. And uh, so I was having a nice glass of wine with, a, um, with an American. And um, not George Clooney, <laughs> not the American, a American. <laughs> and uh, I was flicking through the channels because, uh, you know, it's a stilted conversation. It was nice. Anyway, and Edward Cicerone's came on and she was trying to rip into it. She was trying to make fun of it. And I said, no, it's beautiful because it was the end where the, where the kid's in this strangely large bed and, um, um. and Winona Ryder's got all of her old age makeup on. And she's going, yeah. I know he's up there because before he went up, it never snowed. And now it always snows. Sometimes <laughs> you can still see me dancing in it. Oh, beautiful. And then it cuts to him and he's, <laughs> where does he get those yeah. blocks of ice? It'll come up in uh, Big Question on the Edward Scissorhands <laughs> podcast. Who's support? Is Diane Weist supplying him with blocks of ice? <laughs> um, no, I completely agree. Both, both beautiful pieces of music. I, and yes, and then that painful, I'm going to ruin one of my specific favourite parts, just that mm. painful image of um, Buddy stood outside the music man, everybody's gone in. Is it, is it, does he go in and watch the end of the music man or does he just go home? Watch the entire music man rather, or does he just go home? Uh, he goes home. He goes home. Because he's poorly, isn't he? Yes, he's the only too. The only motivation he had was the opportunity to go on a nice date. And without that, really, he's doing what he wanted to be doing in the first place, which is going to bed. Yeah. Poor the music. He should have gone across the road and watched West Side Story, the original production. Dun, 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 Mambo. Mambo. Um, I had the Christmas party. Um... Oh. The, the, is, it, is the mirror the greatest plot device slash reveal? I, I'm just going to say it. Is this the greatest plot device in any film ever? Oh. oh. I just think the, the neatness and the efficiency and the, just the genius of the mirror back and forth and he's so... Th that... Right, so that entire scene, let's just break it down. So he's invites Shirley in. Shirley gets, you know, let's call it jilted by Miss Olsen. You know, oh, I was first. And then there was Mrs. Rossi and same old Chinese food, same old final, uh, same old final booth, same old music. And our life is just, sh uh, uh, and most importantly, same old story about him divorcing his wife. And she just drops her entire face. And that face stays like that when she's, when, and then Buddy doesn't care. He's just putting on his mm. bowler hat. He knows no better. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks good. Yeah. And the pain in her eyes. She's not letting mm. a single tear out. But God, is she, is it tearing her inside? Then he shows her the Christmas card, which yeah. rubbing, rubbing salt in the wound. Yeah. Little does he know. But there we go, you know. Here, just just have a look. And the look in the broken mirror. The bowler hat in the broken mirror is an image I will never <laughs> forget in film. I, um, when I was directing Dreckle and Hyde before Show Week got coveted, um, the plan was to use uh, a mirror 
as the main plot device. So oh. I would say it is us geniuses that like to use it. How are you um, going to use it as a plot device? As a new we were, plot device, or was it just already in the script? Uh, it's not in the script. It was recommended to me, actually, by, um, by uh, one of our technicians. It's very, very, very good. Um, but the idea was an infinity mirror. So it was just this, uh, mm-hmm. this big sort of square. Where you, it was like full body length. And it would be covered with like a, an old raggy cloth the whole time. Then on his, his um, final confrontation, uh, he would sort of swish it off and reveal this infinity mirror. So the idea is it, it's like a strip of LEDs around the, the sides, uh, and then the mirror's on top. So it looks like it's an, it's, it mirrors itself. So it's a never-ending sort of tunnel of, of lights. Mm. And it would be uh, him singing into that, confronting sort of the Jekyll Hyde. And that, that would have been quite cool. And then he would have yes. sang Rainbow High and they would have moved the mirrors <laughs> around him. <laughs> That's I it, yes. Now, oh, Roxy. Dun, 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 dun. We don't talk about Roxy. When, uh, when we did Roxy. Uh, when we did Chicago, there were four, well, discounting Amos and uh, Billy Flynn, um, there were four members of the, the ensemble that were male, me included. Right. And so Roxy, when she said, I'm going to give myself a, a boy, or maybe two. I'm going to give myself a bunch of boys. And then us four, four come on <laughs> clicking. <laughs> it's very funny. I love Roxy. I love all oh, of Chicago. Great. Oh, oh yeah. Chicago's great. It's, yeah. You know the original Wonderful casting was the Billy Flynn was? Uh, oh, 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 now then. Before the, Deer. Nathan Lane. No, it was Hugh Jackman. No, I think Richard <laughs> is very good. Yes, as my my ex used to call him Rat Face. He Aww. does have a bit of a rat face. He does. Doesn't he? he does. And she always used to say the same thing about Tom Cruise, which I said she was less right. I don't think Tom Cruise has as much it's of a more of a vole. More of a vole. Mouse face. Um side. How's that? Is that better? Much better. Well. Since you wouldn't be ashamed to be seen with me, how about the three of us going out tonight? You, me, and the bowler. <laughs> we'll stroll down Fifth Avenue, sort of break it in. This is a bad day for me. Oh, I understand. Christmas family and all that. I'd better get back to my elevator. I don't want to be fired. You don't have to worry about that. I've got quite a bit of influence in personnel. You know Mr. Sheldrake? Why? Well, he and I are like that. He sent me a Christmas card. Makes a cute picture. I thought maybe I'd put in a word for you. Would Mr. Sheldrake get you a little promotion? How would you like to be an elevator starter? I'm afraid there are too many girls around here with seniority over me. No problem. Why don't we discuss it sometime over the holidays? I can call you and pick you up. We have a big unveiling. Are you sure this is the right way to wear this? I think so. Here. You don't think it's tilted a little too much? I mean, after all, this is a conservative firm. I don't want people to think I'm an entertainer. The recovery period, which you've talked about in the introduction of Gin Rummy. And then, yep. who, how could you not pick giving the key back, New Year's Eve, running home, oh. shut yeah, up I've and deal. That. Oh, one of my favourite oh, movie endings. Ever. I've written it into minute by accident, but yeah, fi- um, Jack leaving job into end. That's what I've written, yeah. God, 
what a what a movie moment you know you yeah. could say it's cliche but it doesn't it's not cliche because the whole running wasn't a thing yet this is 1960 remember sure we've seen years and years of people running um yeah. another big run which we'll get to at the end of the episode um i don't want to ruin anything um but um just ah, and i love the payoff of the champagne gag that's great yes that's great that's not very even, Jack yeah. Levin. Not even a gag. The whole, the really, yeah. you, you well, yeah. genuinely think he might kill himself. It's yeah. just so perfect. Many people call this a perfect script, and I and I'd have to, and I just have to agree. I just, I have one, I've three changes, and two of them are very pernickety, and um, and that's just because I've watched it too many times. But the 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 champagne bang reveal is is flawless. And so well set up, and you know, we, we obviously have the gun story, and you know, we see we see the gun again when he's packing it away, um, and it makes complete sense. It's not like he he doesn't awkwardly have to come across the gun again. He it makes sense because he's packing everything up. Everything is so perfect. It makes me it drives me mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other ten minute stretch as well? That's that's it for me. Um, what, Tom's weirdly specific favourite part of the film oh I'm saying it is a it's me it is you uh, Kirkaby asking for those little cheese crackers uh, you don't put them out anymore I love the effort that he clearly used to put in before he got dazed <laughs> um, just a great sex gag with the Marilyn Monroe oh I only need 45 minutes and then she comes in and she's been all sexy and mega 30 <laughs> Just a really good, cheeky, cheeky sex guy. Uh, the two times that Dr. Dreyfus goes, Mildred, he's had it again. <laughs> um, wonderful, uh, sassy bit of Kubrick. When Kirkaby slaps her on the ass, you know, it's 1960, you know, different times. And uh, she goes, no, Mr. Kirkaby, one of the, watch your hands, Mr. Kirkaby. One of these days, these elevated doors, and you and um, so this comes up in Mad Men season one, which you'll be uh, soon enlightened to. And um, it is set in a big office building and there are a bunch of adulterous affairs. And the week that the apartment comes out, there is a bit of a flurry among the office because, um, well, it's the first time that sort of story is put onto a main screen. Like you don't see, you didn't see movies like this in 1960, you know. We'll talk about it more in Double Indemnity, but Wilder was constantly rebutting the Hayes Code, doing all of he could, all he could to get around the uh, Hayes Code. For those of you who don't know, the Hayes Code was a um, a code <laughs> uh, in the early forties, um, where basically, yeah, no, you you had to do, you couldn't have a prostitute movie which this effectively is, you couldn't have most of the things that you have in this movie. Yeah. And um, it's sort of, I've always found interesting the first plays that writers wrote who always had to deal in innuendo. You look at Williams, you look at Albie, you look at Miller. And then you look at the first plays where they were allowed to swear. And I mean, Albie later in his life added two, F, two fucks to... Um, Virginia Woolf, which he originally wanted in. Um, but you look at 
small craft warnings, which is an excellent play. A little bit messy, but an excellent play. Tennessee Williams and pardon the pun, they're all swearing like sailors. Like you've got you've even got a few C words every other page. And you think, is it a bit much? It's just um, getting it all out. <laughs> yeah, you get it out of your system. And so, and we have a bit of that with Irma LaDuce, which is uh, the next Wilder, Lemon, McLean joint, uh, where they can be a bit more sexual. And it suffers. It's not as good a film. Uh, but um, it's a subject for another day. So, uh, yeah, me. It's still me, isn't it? Uh, lovely, great gag, but he pulls out the thermometer to use as a pen. Yeah. Um, oh, my, 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 oh, my slaves double parked, drunk Santa, oh, just great stuff. <laughs> um, the dark, the darkness of that prostitute encounter, let's call it, where he gives her the money and Shirley just takes off her coat and she goes, oh no, I, I, we don't have time for that. And well, you've paid for it. And he goes, don't say that, don't say that. But she does, she feels, you know, pardon the parlance, she feels like a cheap whore. She feels like a piece of meat, where she thought that there was the possibility that, um, well, she's in love with him. She says it all the time. She says, I'm in, you know, never wear mascara when you're in love with a married man. You know, she, she why can't I fall in love with a nice guy like you? She says love so many times. She clearly got- is in love. If I break some of my favourite lines out, the both of them, the worst part is I still love him, and why can't I ever fall in love with somebody nice like you? Yeah. They're both heartbreaking lines. Why do people have to love anyway? Because it's the best thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, welcome to everybody's favourite uh, <laughs> segment of the show, Sad Tom Corner. You know, I, I, I watched this for a long time, and... Um, yeah, I always dreamed I'd find a Fran and, you know, I was a lonely person. And uh, now we've come full circle. Because you were watching this on, on the way to Walton Towers as a young child. That's no, why. actually, well, I was watch, I watched the first half. Um, <laughs> I watched the first half when we came home at night. And I watched the second half on the ride home. But uh, no, I, I mean, I wrote a whole screenplay about it, for God's sake. I wrote, it's called Teenage Dream. Not the Katy Perry <laughs> song, the Mark Boland song. Don't. And, um, you know, the whole point is that, you know, he watches too many movies. And so he's got an unrealistic uh, vision of love. And the movie ends with him sat in a revival screening of the apartment, crying alone. (laughs) So, um, you know, so that's life, eh, kids? Uh, (laughs) uh, The two times, because they both do the gag, and it shows that they're perfect for each other, for... But uh, they say three, where he goes, I've had three drinks. And she goes, four boyfriend, uh, three boyfriends. Mm-hmm. They're perfect for each other. They just don't know it. Um, another heartbreaking line, you know, why can't the inventor pump for that when she's talking about, you know, getting love for a shitty person out of your system? <sighs> the whole tennis racket gag, wonderful. Uh, and, the, and, and the payoff of that, the whole... Uh, you should see my backhand. <laughs> and we talked about the champagne. Will's more general favourite parts of the film? What have I got? I've got... Uh, I, I quite like that that shot of... Um, he's on the phone to someone in a bar, and he's like, oh, I've, I've got a, a girl who's just Monroe. like Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. 
and that that shot of him in the the phone booth and the back mm. of the head. I like that. That's a nice camera angle. Cheers. I've got um, Jack. Just in general, Jack Levin is incredibly good at pretending to have a cold. That's great cold <laughs> acting. It's the best cold acting. I've ever seen. We it's the best god acting we've ever seen. Unfortunately, we didn't. Oh no! Well, you can see it in the film, but the film's the film's a bit shit. Uh, but the the you know Barefoot in the Park, the original Robert Redford production. Uh, Mike Nichols said to Robert Redford, "What if you had a cold?" And he said, um, "Is this okay?" And uh, <laughs> yeah, just like that. Just <laughs> no, I've changed my mind. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, um, "No, that's 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 perfect. Give him a cold." Um, but uh, this is this is excellent cold acting. Yes. Um, the um, <laughs> and then I've got at, at the bar when he's at the bar at Christmas, and that the lady she blows the straw at him. <laughs> do you do that whenever you have a straw? Uh, I famously fire at my sister all the time. And get you know, um, yeah, to the to the point where now when we go to restaurants, I well that we don't have those anymore, do we? It's all bloody paper mm-hmm. straws, and it's all uh, <laughs> woe is me. <laughs> Just because the polar bears are falling over, <laughs> I say <laughs> let them die. <laughs> uh, do you have any other? Uh, that's it from me. And it's time for Oscar Travesty. So, uh, there isn't necessarily an Oscar Travesty. It won everything. Uh, well, not everything, which we'll get to. But uh, it, it won Best Picture. This was the last black and white film to win until what film will? Um, the Artist. Schindler's List. Oh. Uh, but this is the last completely black and white film until The Artist, yes. Um, so, I guess you're right, but... I, of course yeah. I'm right. Mm, 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 no. <laughs> uh, so it wins. Wilde is the first person to win Best Picture, Best Director and Best Screenplay ever. Oh, very good. Uh, which yeah. is, uh, spoilers everybody, my dream in life. Uh, my, my, my biggest <laughs> dream in life is to win Best Picture, Best Director and Best Writer. Uh, maybe, actually, be the first person ever to win Picture, Director, Actor and Writer, but we'll... we'll and produce spot, it, write it, star in it, and direct. Write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. <laughs> Peter Falk was in Monsters, Inc. No, I'm kidding. Murder, Inc. Um, do we... Um, so, the nominees here aren't great. The other 1960 film uh, to talk about is Psycho. Do we think... Oh, that... I, I can see why the Academy... Wouldn't have nominated it because it was still very sort of controversial at the time, wasn't it? Did get a best so, director nod. Did get a best director nod. Did. Um, I can see why they didn't let it compete. Are we happy with a with an apartment sweep, or do we think it should be a split? Do we think Hitchcock should win for director? I don't think Psycho is his best director film, so no. True. I have the bias, not the bias. I have the second-hand thoughts of. Um, knowing that Hitchcock never won director. So every yeah. time I see him nominated, I go, well, is <laughs> uh, is your travesties. Jack Lemmon should have won. It's uh, Jack Lemmon. Best actor. Yeah. And Sheila McLean should have won for best actress. Butterf- yeah. Butterfield 8 is nowhere near Liz Taylor's best movie. 
uh, which we'll get to on his revision north or sometime before or something, uh, who knows. Uh, Jack Crushen uh, got a nomination as Dr. Dreyfus. Uh, I think that can stay as a nomination. I, I don't know if he's a winner. Uh, it did win Best Screenplay, and I mean, you're damn right. I mean, this is one of the most flawless screenplays ever. Let's have a look at uh, black and white cinematography. Um, is this, have they split it yet? Yes, they, yes, they had. Hmm. Um, hmm. Did they split it for Schindler's List? No, 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 no. They, they, that would have been the only one nominated. Only one nominated so it was a guarantee yeah. win, really. I don't remember <laughs> when. Let's... Because it eventually just became Best Cinematography. Uh, yeah. I don't know when they eliminated uh, this. Uh, 2010s? Oh, the Academy Award for Best Cinematography. Let's see when they split it. Uh, black and white colour, black and white colour, black and white colour, black and white colour, black and white colour. Oh, we know, well, we know that it goes to... But you were in the 40s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 80s, 70s. It's what became... Oh! 66 uh, was the final year. 60, yeah, 66 was the final year. Um, with Us Fred Virginia Woolf winning for black and white. Beautiful cinematography. And A Man for All Seasons winning for colour. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, we obviously come into those beautiful, um, those beautiful colour movies of the 60s. Um, yes, because this was a, obviously a choice to shoot in black and white. Such was uh, Psycho. And as we've talked about, I think it's a good choice. I think the, yeah. the harsh black and white adds to the office in, uh, it, and adds to the darkness. It's, I mean, it's obviously a bit easy to say that it adds to the darkness, but I think it's, uh, I think it's true. Will's favourite building or set? You wouldn't believe this, Tom. It's the apartment. I don't believe this, actually. I would put the office above <laughs> it. I think the, you know, fu not futuristic, but the prison-like office is great. And I'd, I'd even go for the, uh, the, let's call it the Tiki Lounge. Uh, that, yeah. But uh, no, no, the apartment, the apartment <laughs> itself is just, is just nice enough and just shit enough. And, and you're right, it, it, is, it is lovely. Best single minute. So you kicked us off last time, I'll kick us off this time. Lonely buddy. Uh, lonely bud. Um, the sort of, I, I guess I could have put it in 10 minute stretch. Congratulations and all that jazz. Hi, fellas. Well, you made it. Just like we promised. Quite an office. Name in the door, rug in the floor, the whole schmear. Yeah. Teamwork, that's what counts in an organization like this. All for one and one for all. Know what I mean? Yeah, I have a vague idea. Baxter, we're a little disappointed in you, gratitude-wise. Oh, I'm very grateful. Then why are you locking us out all of a sudden? Well, it's been sort of rough the past few weeks, what with my cold and the... Uh, like that. We went to bat for you, and now you won't play ball with us. Well, after all, it's my apartment. It's private property. It's not a public playground. All right, so you got yourself a girl. That's okay with us, but not every night in the week. How selfish can you get? Last week, I had to borrow my nephew's car and take Sylvia to a drive-in in Jersey. I'm too old for that sort of thing. I mean, in the Volkswagen. I sympathize with your problem. Believe me, I'm very sorry. You'll be a lot sorrier before we're through with you. Are you threatening me? Listen, Baxter, we made you and we can break you. Oh, good morning, Mr. Sheldrake. Good morning, gentlemen. Everything satisfactory, Baxter? 
but to, and say it was the whole so whole introduction but i've specifically zoned in on him coming home having to put the uh bottles away the warm mm -hmm. exactly the warm bed that wilder was initially intrigued by and um doing his chicken wings and watching the adverts and all the westerns and um yeah as a guy who's on many nights just you know sat eating chicken wings watching a movie yeah so have you seen the KFC are bringing back the 80 piece popcorn chicken bucket? Uh, oh. And because they're on Rishi prices, mm. um, it's £2.99. Oh. I didn't get it uh, I didn't get it last time. We considered it. Um, yes, but well, now it's a two, $2.99. I will be getting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah get involved. Uh, the flower ride up specifically where, he give, where she gives him the flower. Oh. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, the whole bar scene, we've yet to talk about uh, the wonderful... Um, Holiday Ranger, holiday, 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 hope, hope holiday, hope holiday. Um, talking about how Mickey, who's in Havana, <laughs> he's a jockey, he's like a chihuahua. And uh, yeah, no, they uh, they found him doping horses in Havana. Um, and she's like, would you like to see a picture? And he's like, no, honestly, no. no. Especially. <laughs> it goes very posh. Not especially. Um, I, you know, I feel a bit bad for her when he, when he has to toss her out, but he has to toss her out. I mean, you've got a dead, possibly dead girl. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, yes, a nice little comedic relief. I like, what did she say? She'll say, I'm going to tell my husband how you treated me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when he finds out, he's going to give you a right punch. <laughs> uh, yeah, just great gag. Kirkaby coming over on, uh, it gets a bit fuzzy, whether, I don't know whether it's Boxing Day or Christmas Day. I think it's Christmas Day because it's the day, it's the day after. Uh, and he brings the champagne. Again, perfect screenplay, lovely little setup. Um, and um, he brings her over and uh, it's like, well, you should have just said if you had a bit of, bit of something. And um, yeah, the suicide story as well. When he, when he, you know, making a light of, you know, his suicide attempt, and you know, how yeah. do you shoot yourself in here? And, and you know, let's not get too into the problematics of suicide and depression and mental health. But you know, he, he sums it up pretty well. You know, the knee took me nine months to get over. The girl took me three weeks. And that's not always true. You know, some sometimes it takes. Uh, what month is it? Will. <laughs> Say years. Yeah. Sometimes it takes uh, a year and five months and four days. Uh, no. And uh, but um, and uh, sixty-two seconds. Yeah, sixty-two seconds. Funny, funny. Not one minute. Yeah. One, one minute, minute two, two seconds. seconds. <laughs> um, I'm a I'm a three hundred second man. I uh, yes, I count oh, yeah. my minutes that way. Uh, Will any nominations for best single minute? Ah, uh, I've got. Uh, Ba, 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 da, da. Um, finding well, you've mentioned all of them, but uh, mentioned another. A spare, um, if we look at when he finds Shirley in the bed, oh. the uh, overdose, the music is so perfectly chosen for that scene de -de -de because it's it's so de -de 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 -de. jolly and it's it's that juxtaposition is great. And then we get we you know we we have to wait, but we do get the release when um, when he yanks the 
when he yanks the record player. Yeah. And then turns it off. Yeah. Best line. I mean, wow. What a feel. What a good God. Let's, you know, <laughs> let's see how long this category goes on for. Uh, but uh, let's just let's just start straight. Let's go back and forth. Well, let's go back and forth. Oh well, I've I've mentioned three of my four already. Well, well, there you go. Uh, that's the way it crumbles, cookie wise. I say that all the time. Uh, the mirror, it's broken. Yes, I know. I like it that way. Makes me look the way I feel. Uh, when you're in love with a married man, you shouldn't wear mascara. Um, you know, I used to live like Robinson Crusoe. I mean, shipwrecked among 8 million people. And then one day I saw a footprint in the sand and there you were. Beautiful. Underrated uh, love line, I feel. Uh, mm -hmm. He's a taker. A what? Some people take, some people get took and they know they're getting took and there's nothing they can do about it. How painfully true. Can you get took? That doesn't sound right. No, yeah, he took, took advantage of. Okay. Taken advantage of, I guess. Yes. Uh, it's a wonderful thing, dinner for two. Do you usually eat alone? Oh, no. Sometimes I have dinner with Ed Sullivan, sometimes Dinah Shaw or Perry Como. The other night I had dinner with Mae West. I have used this line so many times. Obviously, I don't use yeah, Ed Sullivan and, and how many people? How, how often do people go, oh, my God, I love the apartment, too. No, they don't, because I don't say Ed Sullivan or Dana Shaw. If, if, right, this is a complete glimpse into how miserable my life and desperate my love life and all that has become. I had a dream last night that I met the, 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 just the perfect woman. And, and the whole, the clincher was, you know, I said, uh, she loved the movie Network. And I said, well, I've, I've got a Blu-ray of the movie Network. Have you ever seen it on HD? And she said, uh, yes, I own, I own the Blu-ray too. And then the, I would say, Oh well, I don't know. I don't know whether that's good news or bad news. And she go, why? Because the good news is I've never met a woman so beautiful who has network on Blu-ray. The bad news is I don't have a reason to invite you up to my uh, place. And she goes, you don't need an invitation. You don't need a reason. Tom, it was just a dream. <laughs> yes, I know. Well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I had another dream where where the, we, we were at a big party. And, and it was like, oh, what's your favorite movie? And she was like, oh, Annie Hall. And then later, I was, uh, you know, I, I, and I, I was sat next to Sinead, my good friend, and I clenched Sinead's hand. And uh, she went, play it cool, play it cool. And, and then later on at the party, uh, I said to her, I said, um, you know, it's like that old joke. Uh, <laughs> and I said the whole <laughs> opening monologue. Oh, no. went, oh, you like Annie Hall? I was like, oh, I love Woody Allen. And then we both said in sync, but Crimes and Misdemeanors is his best film. So, in other words, Will, I've hit rock bottom. <laughs> uh, oh, I have a present for you. I didn't quite know what to get you. Besides, it's kind of an awkward thing for me shopping. So here's $100. You go and buy yourself something. <laughs> uh, another great throwaway line. The throwaway lines are great. I'm, I was jinxed from the word go. The first time I was ever kissed was in a cemetery. I'd like to spell it out for you, only I can't spell. I'll add that one. Would you mind opening the window? Now, you don't get any ideas, Miss Kublik. <laughs> uh, you know, you see a girl a couple of times a week just for laughs, and right away they think you're going to divorce your wife. <laughs> just pure scumbag. Uh, well, any lines? The only other one I've got is uh, when he's, he's taking home 
Pope holiday. And she's like, oh, my place or yours? And he says, well, we might as well go to mine. Everybody else does. I like, I like <laughs> That's that. good. And yeah. also the, the great earlier line, uh, I said I didn't have a family. I never said my apartment was free. <laughs> <laughs> um, just his resignment to his current situation is uh, wonderful. What's the change, Will? I've got a couple. Okay. I have, uh, these are just more memes, really, than a genuine change. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. When, in the big run at the end, when she's running back to his house. Right. The front door is wide open. Um, and she runs. I know there's separate apartments inside, but the, the front door to get in, she just opens straight away. The front door's always open to get in. Is it? Yeah, because they only, he only gives the key to the, oh. to the, the apartment. Because they okay. then put the key under the mat. It was a different time in the 60s. People, people like the famous thing is, you know, that we never used to lock our doors. Um, yeah, different times. Yeah. Well, Go on, continue with your then... memes. I'm just imagining <laughs> old German Billy Wilder uh, going, what is a meme? I don't understand. <laughs> it's very, very, very funny. Um, um, I think that one's just a funny observation that the nasal spray looks a lot like he's sniffing glue. Uh, he's sniffing milk because it wouldn't show up on the screen otherwise. But it does look like he's sniffing glue, yes. Uh, I chose the wrong week to quit sniffing glue. Um, the narration, sort of, we begin with the narration and it works to open the film, but then it sort of disappears. And I've always, I've always felt either have it all the way through. Uh, narration, I've always been a bit dicky when it sort of comes in and out and disappears. I either What's like it on the narration at the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, there isn't any narration at the end of. There is. There's there's no narration all the way through, and then all of a sudden, and then he got on a plane with his Italian wife. No, that's uh, because no, no, because there is narration earlier because you've got Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell describes about that's a load of fucking bullshit. No, yeah. uh, that was a fucking lie. No, I like. No, that works. Because uh, it's Kurt Russell, and it's throughout the film as well. <laughs> yeah. So, and so there you go. <laughs> uh, kill me quick, Ringo said the Gringo. Um, <laughs> I don't like the line, "I'm full up, take the next elevator." When she sat talking with him in the Chinese restaurant, I just don't like that. It's a bit, it's a bit too kitschy, a bit too kooky. Um, and this is a real picnicky one. How does she run away from him and not? He doesn't realise. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've also his reaction to her not being there is bad acting as well. I mean, he's great, but I don't know, I don't he, know about his he reaction. Just sort of, you can tell he's an actor knowing that she's not going to be there when he turns around. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah. What's left from Will's notes? Uh, nothing. Okay. Um, do you know why the gin rummy's in the in the film? Why? Because Sheila McLean was being taught gin rummy by the Rat Pack, Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. and D-Mine, on the set <laughs> of Ocean's Eleven. Because in the middle of shooting this film, she oh, went brilliant. and shot a cameo in the terrible and boring... Original remake. The original. <laughs> um, it's bad. It's very bad. It's a bad, actively bad movie. And then what sort of ending is it? When they, they just Walk go away. to the cremation and they're just walking out... <laughs> And that's it. It's really, it's really terrible. Actually, it's a bad film. And uh, there, are the other, 
Robin Hood and the Seven, no, sorry, Robin and the Seven Hoods is more enjoyable. And it has a few songs in it, uh, but um, Ocean's Eleven is a, is a, is a bad movie. Um, here's an interesting thing. Really struck me this time. What about a double bill of this and Taxi Driver? Exploring loneliness in New York. Because I kept thinking I mean, about movies exploring it's loneliness. It's one extreme and the other, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. Well, who knows? Another neighborhood, another town, another job. I'm on my own. That's funny. So am I. What'd you do with the cards? In there. Mr. Sheldrake. I'm gonna send him a fruitcake every Christmas. Cut. I love you, Miss Kubley. Three. Queen. Did you hear what I said, Miss Kubelik? I absolutely adore you. Shut up and deal. Have you thought about donating your body to the university? Um, and then the call girl who goes, uh, you know, he, he was rich, so I thought he'd take me somewhere nice, but he took me to some schmuck's apartment. <laughs> I just found that very funny. Uh, alternate ending corner, we don't have one. Uh, but we do, as we always do, have a few fun. The film was lauded by Soviet critics as an indictment of the American system and a story that could have only happened in a capitalist city like New York. <laughs> uh, at a dinner honouring him in East Berlin, Berlin uh, Billy Wilder said that the movie could happen anywhere, in Hong Kong, Tokyo, Rome, Paris, London, when Wilder said that the one place it could not have happened was Moscow. The East Germans broke into thunderous applause and cheers. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, when the ovation died down, Wilder continued, the reason this picture could not have taken place in Moscow is that in Moscow, nobody has his own apartment. The remark was <laughs> met with grim silence. Uh, famously, they wouldn't allow any deviation from the script. Uh, this drove Shel McLean mad because she was a bit of an improv girl. Uh, nasal spray was milk. In the scene where Cal punches Baxter, uh, he was supposed to be mined, but he failed to move correctly and was accidentally knocked out. And uh, oh. they used that uh, real punch in the film. Yeah, why not? Shut That's up and deal. My, oh, sorry, go on. My GCC drama teacher was like, if you're going to punch someone or slap someone, do it. Um, <laughs> and so I did in my... Poor Bryony. You know Bryony. I do know Bryony, yes. Yeah, I, it was quite a hard slap, and there was a mark on there for a week after. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. Jesus. Got an A-star, though, didn't I? So, <laughs> so it's all worth it. <laughs> what did she get? Oh, sure, she got a good mark. We all did. Oh, good. Okay. The film's classic last line was thought of by the writers at the last minute on set. One of the greatest closing lines of all time. 
thought at last minute. <laughs> According to Fred McMurray, after the film's release, he was accosted by women uh, in the street who berated him for making a dirty, filthy movie. And one, one, one of them actually hit, her, hit him with her purse. Oh. Uh, Jack Lemmon signed on to the film after Billy Wilder told him the story, but never gave him uh, a single line of the script. And Jack Lemmon said, I'd have signed on even if he said he was going to do the phone book. I mean, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Um, so they made a musical of the apartment in 1968 okay. uh, called Promises, Promises, with Neil Simon writing the script and Bert Bacharach and Hal David, who we know from uh, Butch Kesby, uh, writing the songs. So, you know, you songs in there like, uh, I'll never fall in love again. Um, and then it was a bit of a flop. It was a bit of a flop. Uh, and then they did revive it in 2010 uh, with Christian Chenoweth. And they added all of Burt Bacharach and Hal David's other famous songs, not Raincoats mm. Keep Falling on My Head, obviously. But um, yeah. I Say a Little Prayer for You. They added that in. Oh, uh, but it was similarly not very well reviewed. I wake up before I put on my makeup. Uh, the tagline for Suddenly Last Summer was, uh, in 1959, a wonderful film, uh, was, she knew she was being used for something evil. Billy Wilder made a play on that line to promote the, his, fil his film. Suddenly last winter, he knew his apartment was being used for something evil. <laughs> and this is one of Francis Ford Coppola's favourite films. And oh. during the scene where Fran overdoses, doctors were actually present on the set to advise accuracy on how to revive her. The harsh slaps that the doctor performs to keep Fran from becoming unconscious were all real. Uh, you know, d different times. <laughs> However, yeah. after the scene, the doctors told Billy Wilder that the actor should have slapped Sheila McLean harder. Wilder refused to shoot it again, though, after looking at McLean's red cheeks from being slapped so many times. <laughs> this was, of course, the, you know, the, the old Hollywood days <laughs> where the medicine was, uh, where the... Victor Fleming slapped Judy Garland ridiculously hard because she wouldn't stop laughing uh, during Wizard of Oz. At least this was uh, semi-justified and Sheila McLean uh, consented to it. Uh, Tom's big question. Will it last? Yes. If, if it doesn't last, I have no faith in God and I've, I've lost complete faith in my life. Um, right, so it, it's everybody's other favorite karma corner tom brings up his ex um because she had some interesting points on films even though uh she ended up with a cokehead rugby player she always she hated that buddy never says anything to her um near the end of the film when she's got when she says oh yeah no he's gonna leave her and um he goes, yeah, I guess you're wrong about Mr. Sheldrake, when he knows that he's not going to do a damn thing about it. Uh, she always thought that that didn't work, but I completely think it works because I think Buddy's allowed a touch of anger at, uh, you know, being tossed around the way he has. And not that, not that Sheldrake's been leading him on, but... I mean, he's allowed to be angry, but is it the right thing to say in this situation? Mm. Probably not. No. Uh, does he forgive the music man too easily? I mean, we know that six weeks have passed, but still. 
I mean, he should have just gone to watch the music, man. <laughs> but she, she says it was unforgivable. Yeah. Um, I know that he's protecting Sheldrake, but why doesn't he tell, why doesn't he tell Dr. Dreyfus the truth? Oh, uh, I don't know. And he gets punched and he takes the punch and I guess he doesn't want to make, you know, sorry for the parlance, I guess he doesn't mm. want to make Shirley look, Fran rather, look like a cheap, cheap yeah. fucker. But um, he's making, you know, he gets punched for it and Dr. Dreyfus thinks he's a bastard and yeah. Here we are. The biggest Tom Big question we've ever had. So far, what is the best closing old Lang Syne scene of all time? Is uh, it right. this? Yeah. Is it's, it when Harry met Sally? Life. Or is it I'm gonna, I'm gonna spoil it. It's a wonderful life. Okay. By far. Okay, I'll give you it. I'll, yeah, okay, we'll go for it's wonderful life. He was he was what was in your cat what was in your Christmas card this year, Will? Uh, oh, I can't remember the quotes. You cold-hearted Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I mean, the one that you wrote for me. I thought you were trying to reference it. Someone no, it was, uh, I am, I am your, uh, angel, your guardian angel. No, I, no, it wasn't, I am your guardian angel. I, I, <laughs> I did the, I did, God damn it, I did the, I said, he, no, no man who is a fail, is a failure who, who doesn't yes. have friends. I didn't put you're my guardian angel. <laughs> Jesus. Semi. Semi. Cry for help. Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing this in a, in a factory. Dear Clarence. Um, okay, yeah, no, it's, it's a wonderful life. Oh, wait, what, let's. I'm actually going to put the apartment third because Old yeah, Langsine Lang doesn't, doesn't go on at the, for end the whole of the film. scene. Yeah. No, it does. No, it, no, because we have the Old Langsine and then she runs away. But Old Lang Syne doesn't score the big run. It moves into no. Jealous Lover again. Uh, it moves think, into, it so. finishes and then he turns around and goes. Oh. <laughs> Stop it. Um, <laughs> and that, and Closing Line Hall of Fame, my, well, that, well, spoilers everybody, it's my favourite Closing Line of all time. Oh. There you go. My top five closing lines. We've talked about them before, but shut up and deal. Uh, it's three wilders and two 80s sex, sex lines. It's shut up and deal. Nobody's perfect. Some like it hot. Uh, I'm ready for my close up, Mr. DeMille. And then uh, Caddyshack. Hey, we're all going to get laid. And Clue. Um, I'm going to go home and have sex with my wife. They're my five favorite uh, closing lines of all time. However, shut up and deal. God. Breaks my heart every time. I, I, it should, it should make me happy when I'm, when I'm watching it with a girl, which has only happened once. Well, no, three times we watched it. Three times she liked it. Anyway, but when I'm, it's the classic thing of you know, lonely movies and romance movies. You know, when I met Sally, makes me upset now. If you're not watching, sitting in a movie theater in Philadelphia, watching when I met Sally when. You're sat yeah. on your own, and three other couples are all smooching. It's a miserable Don't watch existence. it then. Don't watch it. Don't watch it then. Don't watch it. Yeah. No, I wanted to watch it on the big screen. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. There we go. Like that's life, isn't it? 
sad movies are romance movies are happy when you're with somebody and relentlessly sad when you're not. <sighs> yeah, I don't think that's too far out. What, what's your stance? You've made a face. Uh, I don't know. Um, I think it depends what period of uh, how recent you've been in a relationship. It, it it's all all matters. Uh, well, it's been a year and a, it's been yeah. a year and a half for me. Yeah, but... I'm still miserable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I knew you would. I I, I knew you'd love Jack Lemmon. I knew you. I knew you'd fall for Frank Kublik, who couldn't. And I, I I had a good feeling about this movie, uh, and I and I was correct. Uh, next episode, da -da 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 -da. back to Bond with your hey. favourite Bond. My favourite Bonds. Thank you for singing the Casino Royale, Royale theme. theme. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will be doing, of course, Skyfall. Skyfall. <laughs> <laughs> Great. It's a great, great party piece on the piano. It gets them all, gets them all crowded round. I always play your B party B piece is playing Skyfall. No, no, no. I, I probably do something from some the apartments. Dun, 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 dun. Learn that for me, Will. Next time I, okay. I've never heard you play. Oh no, that's not true. I, you, I heard you play the piano. I, sent, a lot. I, sent, I think I sent a snippet, didn't I? Yeah, but I would. Uh, yes, learn jealous lover. There's your homework, Will. Will, I adore you. I do. I love you, Will Leggetter. Okay. Jesus um, Christ, Will. Shut up and end the podcast. That's what you said. Right, we're going to do it again. Shut up and end. <laughs> Did you hear what I said, Miss Kublik? I have, wait, here we are. Here we are. Uh, I love you, Will Leggetter. Did you hear me? Like, did you hear <laughs> Jesus! I love you, Will Leggetter. Did you hear me, Mr. Leggetter? I absolutely adore you. Shut up and end the podcast. Well, it was almost like the first time. <laughs>